This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, we'll talk about some of the halachas that pertain to Shabbos Chazoyin. And this year, because Tishabov on the calendar, at least this Shabbos, it presents some interesting halachic changes than a typical uh, Tishabov. On a regular Shabbos Chazoyin, if you were to look at the Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah, Mishtabrura, the assumption would be is that it's, one is not allowed to take a regular shower tomorrow. Last Friday, we were able to justify a regular shower because it was Rosh Chodesh. But this Friday, there's, it's not Rosh Chodesh. So if you read the uh, typical Achreinim, uh, it would sound like a regular, sh- a regular shower is prohibited. If you look in Yorach HaShulchan, he takes it even a step further. He yells and screams at people who used to take showers on Erev Shabbos. And he writes, even those people who claim by shower every Friday. Everyone used to shower every Friday for Shabbos. Right? So HaShulchan, it doesn't matter. You still can't take a regular shower on Shabbos Chazoyim. However, the accepted practice for many in America, based on both Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Hankin, is that we do take regular showers on Friday of Shabbos Chazoyim. Because both Rav Moshe and Rav Hankin have the similar logic. They felt that really we're all listeners. We can't really go so long without taking a shower. So therefore, it's Kedai at least for Kavit Shabbos to take a regular shower. I think that's what many people in America do today. can't say all. I can't say the Chassidim. I can't say everyone. But I think a large number today are Kedai Lismaich, Rav Moshe and Rav Henkin, who were by far the Paiske of America in the 20th century. They both permitted regular hot showers tomorrow. Again, it's Pasha. It doesn't mean the shower should take a half an hour. A shower should still be a relatively quick shower, but you have a little bit more wiggle room with your shower tomorrow than, let's say, with your shower today or yesterday. There's a uh, famous Machoikis Mechabin Ramah, <clears throat> if any Avelis is relevant this Shabbos. The Mechaber is of the opinion that Shabbos is a regular Shabbos. It has absolutely no halachas of Tishabov, probably based on a Rajbo, where the Rajbo makes a comment that this year Tishabov was uprooted from the ninth of Av and put onto Yud Av, but it's a much larger discussion than for this evening. And therefore the Shulchan Aruch writes, there is no restrictions of, of Avelis, even Avelis B'tzina. What would an example of Avelis B'tzina be? So the Shulchan Aruch writes, there's no issue to have Tashmish, there's no issue to have narrow relations on this Shabbos. However, the Ramah disagrees. And the Ramah writes, there is an issue. And that's what Ashkenazim follow. Ashkenazim hold it this Friday night, when it's not allowed to have relations with their spouse, because since it's is Tishabov on the calendar, even though we're not keeping Tishabov, because Tishabov is going to be commemorated on Sunday, that much you have to keep. <clears throat> However, the Ramah does write, the Mishtabur does write, an exception to the rule would be, let's say, for example, Lel Tefillah. Someone has mikvah on Friday night, then they would be allowed to be together. But other than that, there's a big difference between Ashkenazim and Ramah. And Ash- Ashkenazim is Friday. The Mechab is Meikah, why else Ashkenazim are Machmir? The rest of Shabbos should look like a regular Shabbos for the most part. You have regular Shabbos meals. Uh, we're not supposed to show outward Avelis on Shabbos. You have a, a regular Shabbos davening. Some places had a practice that they would sing Keladoin or Lechadoidi to the tune of Keletzioin. And that was uh, also uh, questioned because, again, that's an outward display of Avelis. What did become accepted today is what most shuls do, not all shuls. The Chazanish was still against this, was that they, we recite some of the psukim of the Haftar on Shabbos, we say to the Echatun. So the Chazanish was against that. He thought that's a violation of outward Avelis on Shabbos, but that uh, hasn't become widely at least except as far as I know, most shuls do say a bunch of the psukim of the Haftarah to, to the Echatun. But the rest of the davening, the rest of Shabbos should be a regular Shabbos. You have a Friday night meal, a Shabbos day meal. You have a regular, regular Shabbos experience. The Ramah has an interesting Chumrah, which the Achreinim all work on, 
The Ramah writes that you're not supposed to learn Torah Erev Tishabav after Chatzos. Even though normally we understand that the prohibition to learn Torah starts at Tishabav proper, the Ramah writes you're not allowed to learn Torah on Erev Tishabav, even if Erev Tishabav falls on Shabbos. And therefore he writes you're not supposed to say Perkeyavis is Shabbos. So writes the Ramah. So the Mishnah Brewer works on this uh, Ramah <coughs> heavily and he has a lot of kashas on him. He says, why should you do that? It's not really Tishabav yet. And if you're going to tell people they can't learn, they're not going to learn. And therefore, the Mishnah Buddha writes a famous line, he quotes from the Marshal and other Achorinim, Amamotchai, where he basically writes that if you want to learn Erev Tishbev Hatzois, I'll be on my shoulders, don't worry about it. Uh, it's not the end of the world. So uh, many later Achorinim felt that, uh, <coughs> based on the Mishnah Buddha really, that if we're not going to learn our regular Limud, we're going to end up learning nothing. So it's better to learn that than to sit around and do nothing again in a fight with your wife. So therefore, many shuls, have held and still hold that any any weekly shear that takes place every single Shabbos should take place Erev Tishabav Achachatzois and Dafyoimi and other Shurim or anything that would otherwise cause the people to sit around and perhaps not learn should take place. I, the Ramah says, you don't have Perkyavis, so the Divrei Yatsev, the Klozen Begarebbe, has a good chap. He says Perkyavis wasn't public. That was private recitation of the Perkyavis. So maybe the private Perkyavis he shouldn't say. But a Shir Bitsibor, where there's going to be a Veilus Mephaesia, Pascal the Klosenberger, that you should. And that's, I think, what many Achorinim hold. A Bliashiv held like that also. If it's going to be either you don't show up to the Shir or you're going to sit at home and read the newspaper, so it's better to have the Shir, Erev Tishabov, after Chatzais. There's no Sudhism of Sekhis this year because it's Shabbos and we're not allowed to show any uh, mourning on Shabbos. So therefore, there's no egg and ash, there's no sitting on the floor, none of that. It's a regular Shal Shudis. <clears throat> you can even eat meat at Shal Shudis if you're so brave to do so. He sings mirrors and everything is regular until Shkia. Shkia, I think, is 8.04 uh, tomorrow night. At Shkia, that's when you have to stop eating and drinking at Shkia. And all the other Inuyim start, except for sitting on a high chair and maybe wearing your leather shoes. But uh, definitely, definitely the eating and drinking has to conclude before 8.04. Now there is no regular Havdalah on uh, this Matzei Shabbos. We do make Havdalah in Atachin Antonu in the Shman Esrei. We should say Baruch HaMavdil if we plan on switching out of uh, leather shoes or doing any Malacha. But the formal Havdalah that we have, we don't have this year. However, we do make one part of Havdalah and that's the Ner. We make the Baruch on the Ner. And the Mishtabura writes it should be done right after Mayriv before Eicha. So that's the one thing we do here in the shul. We do it uh, that way. What happens if you don't plan to come into shul? So you could do it at home and also. But it preferably should be done before the recitation of Eicha. Mishtabura writes if you did it afterwards, that's also okay. There's a bit of a discussion for the women who don't come to shul. What do they do with Eich? Because there's a Berhalach and Eicha Shabbos that has a point that maybe women shouldn't make the bracha or are not obligated the bracha by Mirish. So many Achorinim held that a lady can make her own by Mirish. Or you can make it for her when you come home. You won't be yitz with the bar Mereish in shul, and you'll be mitzi her when you come home from shul later. Because this year it is a nitche, there we mentioned this many times. We have kivegers brought down by the berhalacha that we are more lenient for people that are not feeling well. Someone is not feeling well on this fast day on Tisha B'av, he has more, he or she has more room to be lenient than on a typical Tisha B'av. Generally speaking, Tisha B'av is of the more chaymer, of the more strict fasts. We don't just let you get away with the fact that you're not feeling well. But this year, because it's a nidche, we have a little bit more wiggle room to work with. So if someone's not feeling well, they don't necessarily have to push themselves as much as they would on a regular Tisha B'av. However, they should at least try to get to Chatzos if they can. 
if uh, medical, medically speaking they can push themselves to chatzos, I think that would be the best. Why do I think that? Because the reason why your makel for a chayle is based on a halach and shulchan aruch about someone who makes a bris on tishabov, and many hold that the only time you're allowed to be makel for the bal bris is only after chatzos. So I think a chayle should try to push himself again. If it's a question of fainting chatzos or harming yourself, avada, we're not talking. We're talking about you're not feeling well, but you can push yourself. A lady called me up. She wanted to know. She's in early stage of pregnancy. She wanted to know should she fast. I said, What did the doctor say? The doctor said there's absolutely nothing wrong with her fasting, but she shouldn't fast anyways. What does that mean? There's nothing wrong with her fasting medically, but she shouldn't fast anyways. Uh, I didn't understand that psalm. So I told her, I said you should try to fast, do what you can. If at any point you don't feel well, you should break the fast. Now a chaylo braces fast on a tishub of nitcha has to make havdala. So if someone's going to have to make Havdalah, so what do they make Havdalah on, on Tishabov? So most Akhrainim hold that a Chayla who has to make Havdalah on Tishabov makes it on Chamar Medina. Chamar Medina, we spoke in the past, what exactly constitutes Chamar Medina. She probably, usually a, a, a pregnant woman doesn't want to break her fast on a cup of beer. She doesn't want to have beer all the time, definitely not on Tishabov. Um, so what are you going to give uh, someone who has Chamar uh, Medina? So today, especially for the younger generation, iced coffee is a very good option. Coffee they don't like so much, but iced coffee is very popular. Iced coffee, maybe orange juice, maybe milk, maybe soda, according to Pilcha Scheinberg. There are various options for Hamar Medina. <coughs> there is a Machoikis Achreinim. What about for children that are going to eat on Tishabov? Many children should, as we had a share once here before, where we don't advocate for this, uh, mis- this misnomer that kids before their bar mitzvah have to fast three fast before their bar mitzvah. Shana Zalman wrote that that's a mistake, it's made up, it's not brought down anywhere. And it's true. We went to the sugi together here. It's not brought down anywhere. But in any case, children that are 10, 11, 12 years old shouldn't be fasting on Tishabah. So what do they do when they want to eat? So it's Machoy Gisachroin. Rebel Yashiv and Reb Chaim Kenevsky and quite a few other G'day Luminaries Yisrael felt there is no reason for a child to make Havdalah. Why does a child make Havdalah? Because it's Chinuch. What Chinuch? He being Mechanichim that when he breaks his fast, he's never going to break his fast, hopefully. However, most Akhrainim disagree. Reb Yankiv, Kamenetsky, and others, Reb Moshe, they say no, a child also should make Havdalah on Chamar Medina. I don't suggest giving your son or daughter beer either. So for the kids, you've got to give them orange juice, uh, chocolate milk, whatever. Give them something to make uh, for Chamar Medina as well. There is a big question of when do you take off your shoes? On Matzah Shabbos. So we said already that uh, after the Shkia, you're not allowed to eat uh, anymore. But Rebbe Yashir held, you're not supposed to sit on a low chair either because it's still Shabbos. When do you take off the shoes? So the Ramor writes in Shulchan Aruch that when Shabbos falls out on Tisha, but you take your shoes off after, uh, after Baruch. The question is, when did they used to dive in Meirif? I mean, after Baruch, if we dive in Meirif first at 9.30, so you've got to sit for an hour with your leather shoes on. So Yashir Chaim Zonnefeld writes, yep, yeah, that's the way it goes. There's like a built-in system that when Tishba falls out on Shabbos, you keep the shoes on till uh, till you dive in no matter what time it is. Others disagree. They say no. Once it hits maybe Tzayis then you take the shoes off and you come to shul later. That's why many shuls have a practice that they dive in slightly later on Tishba night to give people a chance to change their clothing. The big, big question that everyone talks about is what are you allowed to do Sunday night? Motzei Tishba. What are you allowed to do? So the answer is you basically after the fast can do everything except for drinking wine and eating meat. I don't know how many of you have a desire to have a cup of wine and a steak on Sunday night after a tainus. Not I, but if that's your thing, you cannot have that on Sunday night. You may do laundry, you may take a haircut, you may shower, you may swim, you may do anything else. The only thing that flows into the next morning, not till chatzos, till the next morning. By the time you wake up, you can have your cup of wine if you need it that badly. The only thing that goes into the next day is yain and basr, maybe music according to some, 
But everything else is removed on uh, Matzah Tishvav after the fast is over. Since it's already Yud, the, the reason why we're machmeh normally to keep, to roll over these restrictions is because the Gemara tells us that the bulk of the Beis Amigdash is really burnt on Yud. So why do we fast on Tess and not on Yud? So the truth is, if you look in the Torah, the Torah brings down a practice from some Rishonim that used to fast two days, Tess and Yud. Let's see anyone sign up for that Chumrah, okay? No one's really running for that. But uh, we have a minute that we keep some Avelos on Yud also. But since this year, Yud is the day we're commemorating, those uh, are not relevant once Tisha B'Av is over. The only thing that we keep is Basaviyayin. Since we're coming off a fast day, it's not right to have Basaviyayin ra- right away. So we wait till the next morning. But in laundry and uh, whatever else you need to do, shopping, uh, making Shachianu, whatever else you uh, need to do, that's going to be Mutter Sunday night. If you want to cut your nails for Shabbos, uh, it reminds me, cutting your nails for Shabbos is uh, not a problem tomorrow. If you want to cut your nails for Shabbos, that would also not be any halachic uh, issue.